Um, so look, I've got, I've got a handful of, of questions to ask you. So forgive me again if I'm, if I sound as, as if I'm all over the place. Um, so I saw your fight with Ryan Delph and, um, I have to say, and not just Ryan Delph, of course, your most recent fight, but the Ryan Delph fight is what the fight that really, it kind of like, well, that's, uh, pretty awesome. Um, just how you handle the fight because I think it's a, it's a good example of how, um, what size doesn't always matter because in that fight, I was thinking, well, if the other guy, if Delph gets a DK on the ground, mm, <laughs> it may not, not, but you handled, you handled that fight so well. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, Ryan Delphi was interesting. Um, I've been in my, I've been in, I've been doing my career for almost 13 years. So on the back end, it's kind of trying to, it's trying, it's kind of hard for the, uh, fight, find people to fight me. And, uh, the Delph, the Delph situation, uh, it actually showed up on three day notice, like, like it says and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, it was just, it just, it just worked out. Everything hands off the Delph and, uh, it just shows you that, uh, muscles don't really mean nothing in fights. You know what I mean? Cause, you know, it's ironically, he's a bodybuilder, but, you know, I always said if bodybuilders, if muscles want to fight, bodybuilders would be champs of the world. But, uh, yeah, I've been in the game a long time and, uh, it was just fortunate I took that win, you know, and, and, you know, the way he came at me was probably the best because he tried to stand with me. I'm a striker, but like you said, if he would have pushed me up against the cage, sat on me a little bit, it, it could have been real tricky in the, in the second, third round because I had zero conditioning because I literally found out Wednesday, Friday, I'm fighting, had to take the fight because no one was fighting me and, uh, it actually catapulted me through ranking, so I'm glad I did it. So it worked out. Yeah, awesome. That's really good. Well done. Uh, three days notice. I mean, good that that's uh, really good. I mean, were you hesitant to take that fight? So because me, myself, I'm, I'm not an athlete and I respect you for what you do. I, I really do. Because of course, the, um, it's a, it's a very brutal sport. Everybody sees the action that happens in the cage. It's entertaining. It's exciting. Um, but you know, nobody sees the hard work that goes in the background, the making weight, the cutting weight, the extreme training and preparations that go on. You've got to really work on your diet and make sure that nothing goes amiss to make sure that you are prepared as, as best as you can for fight night or fight day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, to answer your question, I was very hesitant to take it. My manager at the time actually, he told me I was fighting and I, and I was, I was kind of, I wasn't really arguing with him, but I was just trying to let him know that like, it doesn't matter how good of a fighter I am. If I have zero conditioning, I can't throw punches, you know. And I don't like to use the word camp, but uh it ended up working out. And I ended up thanking him at the end. And uh he believed in me when nobody else, even when I wasn't really believing in myself. And uh it was just fortunate that I went in there and got the finish because, like I said, I had zero conditioning. And I don't care how good of a fighter you are. If you can't throw your hands, you're not going to win a fight. And that's all I was pretty scared about. So, you know, I kind of stay in, like, shape. and I, I stay in shape. But now I'm, I'm to the part of my career. This was like almost a year and a half ago. But since I've been on this little run, now I, instead of doing training camps, I kind of live the life of a fighter. You know, every day is a training camp. Instead of just doing training camps, that's where I was kind of was. Cause, you know, I'm on a four fight win streak, number one across the board. So any opportunity can turn up and I just got to be ready. So yeah, so just, you're right. Try to stay ready. You, you so, shot straight in the one. I was like, that's pretty awesome. That, that was really good. I was so happy for you. you. Um, your record, 17 wins, and is it 17 and 6? Seven. Seven, 7. 7 7. Correct. So take me, let's take it back, as in where did your interest in, at least if, com, there's mixed martial arts, but in the broader sense, where did your interest for combat sports start? As in what got you interested into this type of sport? Well, I've always been an athlete. Um, 
played football my whole life. I, I always thought I'd be a football player, uh, middle linebacker I played, but, uh, I wrestled for 12 years, um, from kindergarten on. And, uh, I was just always intrigued with the whole fighting aspect because, you know, I played organized sports for so long and, uh, I'm the type of guy that puts everything in anything I do. And like sometimes, like hindsight 2020, when I look back, sometimes like you got to rely on other people. And I didn't really like that. Like fighting, you win, it's on you, you lose, it's on you. It, it, it's a team aspect sport because I can't do nothing without my team and CMGT, Red Schaefer, Coach B and all them. Um, but, uh, at the end of the day, it's on me. So like if I train hard and I put the work in, you know, I, I win, it's on me. I, I lose, it's on me. So I, I always love that about that. So that's intriguing to me. And I love nice. Mike Tyson. And I love Mike Tyson. <laughs> sure. No, I, I, I like that. I, I really like that. Um, Thank you. But going into, uh, well, before I go into that point, my interest really starts just a few years ago as in just the, kind of the, at the height of the, of the pandemic. I mean, here in the UK, um, I just went for a kickboxing session with my coach and it felt very therapeutic. You know, when you hit in the bag, you had a really bad day. You're dealing with lots of assholes and lots of jerks and annoying people. It's a really good way of just getting rid of that stress and frustration. And that's where my interest with the sport started. Now, I'd had no intention to compete professionally, but um, there's one thing that did come to my to my mind, and, and that is um, injuries to your head and to your body. To your body and so on, and that the concern really came from my family. Uh, even though I wasn't going to compete professionally, when my mother saw that I was doing this just for training purposes for exercise, she was really saying, Why would you want to go and do this? Because she was concerned about the dangerous aspect because of you know hitting, she was thinking the same thing could be happening to me. Was your family, did anyone or even very close friends, did they have that concern for you? In fact, did anyone try to talk you out of it to begin with? Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to your mama. She definitely does love you. I think every mama's had that talk. My my family had the same talk with me. You know what I mean? They're just like protect your head, but at the end of the day, they're 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 glad I'm doing this than doing other other stuff. You know, other extracurriculars like being in the streets and stuff like that. So like fighting's helped me so much. And uh, yeah, yeah. Like I always tell everybody, not everyone's a fighter, but we all got fight in them. So like back to what you're saying, you have a you have a shitty day at work. You know, you get to hit the bag. It's therapeutic. And I'm just blessed enough, you know, coworkers make you mad or whatever situation, bosses, you know, upsetting you, you go there, hit the pads. And I'm just blessed enough to be in the occupation where if my coworkers make me mad, I get to punch them in the face. So that's kind of the difference. But yeah, I definitely, I definitely get what you're saying. And, uh, yeah. you know, like I said, it's fight, the, the, the sport's not for everybody, but we all got fight in us. So hitting the bag is probably natural to a lot of people, you know, so I can understand where, you know, you catch the liking to that and stuff like that, and that's good for you, man. So appreciate it. So in a run, if, I'll keep getting my tongue twisted. In, oh, that's fine. A, in a run up to a competition, in a run up to a fight, for yourself, what's your your camp like? Because I looked at your topology, your record, and I saw your gym that you're fighting out of. Um, the guy is named after the head coach himself, Schaefer Jim. He's the man. He's the man, Red Schaefer. Yes, yes, sir. Nine-time yes. UFC vet. Nine-time UFC vet. Um, he's a little bit older than me, a couple of years older than me. I looked up to him, man, and uh, he put together one of the one of the state-of-the-art gyms in the Midwest, and if not in the United States or in the world. Um, he's got everything you got there. I got my boy Coach B. I got all the training partners in the world because you know in MMA you're only as good as your training partners. You're only good as your coach. You know what I mean? You want to follow the process, trust the process. Iron sharpens iron. Get yourself a good group of guys that you can trust. And you all make each other better. And that's what Red Schaefer's 
really brings that. He's got the jiu-jitsu, he's got the conditioning, he's got the boxing, he's got the Muay Thai, he's got everything over there all compacted into one element, one gym, and, and that's special. And that's why I chose him, and he's been nothing but good to me. Him, Coach B, uh, everybody over there, Timmy, Kimmy, everybody over there training, you know, Iron Sharpens Iron, I love those guys. Because actually, I think there's like seven of us competing this week between Iowa and all the states, Iowa uh, and Wisconsin. There's like there's like six or seven of us competing, so we we stay ready. So, you know, I, I'm just blessed to find a gym like that. So, nice. No, that's good. Again, looking back at the uh, topology, just look. I looks at the uh, in-depth record of the gym. Quite a few uh, names there, and they've got good records. And of course, looking at your own record, definitely the results speak for themselves speaks for itself um so let's say um you're going to be preparing for a competition for a fight take just take me through as briefly as you can if you like going to detail your preparations what you, what would your camp be like um for me you know everything runs through my management and cmgt miss nicole she's been the best to me she took a chance on me i'll never embarrass her so shout out to my management everything runs through her she got that one call that's all to the big league so when when she knows i'm ready then, then I'm gonna take that step. But, um, training camp for me is just, uh, you know, I, I, I try to stay in the gym, so I stay ready, but, uh, you know, diet's number one, conditioning's number one. Um, I've been at this stuff for 13 years. Um, I just like to polish my skills, pretty much do everything a beginner would do. I don't skip classes. I don't, I don't think I'm too big for any classes. So go to the wrestling, the jits, the, the, the movie tie, every class, and you just want to get that muscle memory down, um, stick to your diet. Get enough sleep. Don't do any extracurriculars. Keep your eye on the prize, you know. So I tr- I trust my team. I trust I trust the people around me, and I and I trust the process. So whatever they pretty much whatever they do, what whatever uh, once you find that team that you can trust the process with, you just listen to them. So I listen to everything Coach B and Coach Red tell me, and uh, my manager tells me, and uh, I put in my I put I put in my work, and then they put in theirs. So whatever they want me to do, I do. Whether it's uh anything running 10 miles whatever just to get ready because at the end of the day you know i i'm affiliated with them so anything i do embarks on them and i, I just want to make them proud so yeah i understand i understand completely because yeah. there's a whole a whole handful of people behind you supporting you and you are absolutely you're like you're somehow you're well not somehow but you are representing you are an ambassador to them absolutely. yeah to, the, to them and their brand so i completely agree with everything you said I might be bashful for saying this, but um, you've been in the sport for a long while, like 13 years. You're a veteran of the sport, clearly. Yes, sir. Obviously. Yes, sir. Um, I look at how you, how you fight. You're very entertaining to fight. You're very entertaining to watch. Thank you. <laughs> entertaining to watch. Um, at this stage now in your age and with all of the like, success that you have under your belt and behind you, um, you never considered moving, say, trying to get into the bigger names in the in the uh, in the sporting um, scene. I mean, I can appreciate that nobody wants to, and that's actually okay. But you know, one thing I do hate is that you have people like yourself that are really really good at fighting, really good at the sport, but I can see they don't really get that proper recognition, that name value that you truly deserve. Yeah, yeah, correct. Uh, I, I I've done everything in this sport, and 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 let, let me bounce back. Uh, when I say people won't fight me, it's, it's on the regional circuit. Um, as a fighter and as an athlete, I hope most fighters' goal is to get to that next league. I'm not money influenced. I'm none of that. I just want to put a damper on my 13-year career saying I made it to the Bellator UFC. And uh, that, that's good enough for me. I, I've done everything. I've been fired the year. I've been rookie the year. I've been had knockout the year. I've been number one all across the board. My, you know, 
have six titles. You know, I, 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 I don't have kids, but when I have kids, I have stories to tell them. But yeah, yeah. all I'm trying to do on this last effort of my, the back end of my career mm-hmm. is just make it to that Bellator, that UFC, just so I can, you know, because, you know, that, that reflects on stuff I want to do after fighting. When I open a gym and stuff like that, you know, it, it sucks that we're, we're, we're in a society that's based on labels and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. having that will the franchise Dickie sounds pretty cool, but will the franchise Dickie UFC vet or Bellator vet sounds cooler. So. That's, 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 it's, it's just pretty much a peace of mind. You know what I mean? I owe it to myself and, uh, I will not stop till I get there. So that's why I work hard every day. And it's just, every day is like a movie. Every fight's like a movie and I'm starring in it. And, uh, it's, it's the back end of my career and I know that. And, uh, I'm just trying to enjoy the process, man. And, and if it works out, it works out. If not, it was a hell of a ride. Uh, you know, no, not, no, no, no shame in my game, man. I, I had a hell of a ride. Fun as hell. No, so that's good because a lot of people do go, goes to bigger names such as yeah, the UFC and I think they're really shocked and given a rude awakening when they get there unless if you're someone special let's say Conor McGregor or one of those one mm-hmm. or two few people um, unless you have that sort of speciality about you you're treated like crap <laughs> you may yeah. from what I've heard you've made you so many awkward things so no I like I like your understanding actually that you know that for me you, you come across as a young head what do you say a, an old head on young shoulders you're very, very sure. wise. Very, very wise. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. It's how I grew up, so appreciate it. Your nickname, the franchise, where did that come from? Funny, my, my, well, originally I wanted to be, my name's William, and uh, I wanted to be Billy the Kid. You know what I mean? You know, I was younger. I was like 21. You know, you know, Billy the Kid is the old Western guy. You know, I thought that was pretty savage, but my boy, uh, my boy at the time is like, you can't give yourself a nickname. And I was young. I was like 20. And, uh, as an amateur, I was 21 as an amateur and I was number one amateur. And he's like, man, you're like the franchise, like Steve, Steve Francis from the Houston Rockets. He's an NBA player. They used to call him the franchise and it kind of just stuck, man. So like, you know, I, I, I remember when I tried out for the ultimate fighter season 11 down in, uh, in California, I was talking to Dana White and, you know, I'm in front of the green screen and everything. And, uh, I remember he asked me what the franchise meant. And I, I was just so starstruck. I couldn't even, I couldn't even talk. I just stood there and like, He's like, what, like McDonald's and Taco Bell? And I'm just like, yeah. No, man, it just means all work all the time. I'm about my business. So, yeah, so that's that's that's, that's where it's stuck. So it's kind of catchy. So, you know, I just ran with it. So, Okay. Oh, nice. I, I like that. Um, So when are you going to be seeing you for us again, your next fight? Uh, we're, we're, we're in works right now. Uh, like I said, uh, my management, uh, it was a tough wake up for me. Uh, this last fight when I fought in Oklahoma for the belt. So right now I'm just getting better. You know, I mean, getting that muscle memory down and stuff like that because I've only been training solid for about five months now. And, you know, it, take, it takes a good six, eight months for your muscle memory to get down. Like, I, I know when I'll get that spring back in my step. Like, I won this last fight, and, uh, you know, I'm grateful for that. But uh, we're working on something in the New York area, um, okay. uh, that's something more down south because I pretty much ex- expunged all my uh, my resources here in the Midwest. Um, I got one guy that I'll probably be fighting at the end of summer. Um, his name's Colton. He's a stud too. Shout out to him, number two. Um, uh, but that's probably going to be the move to whoever wins gets to the big league. So I'm going to get, I'm going to get these training camp in. I'm, I'm going to keep working hard and then I'm going to win or I'm, 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 I'm going to compete. And then I'm going to see Alton at the end of the summer. And that, that's a big fight because he a monster and, uh, it'll be whoever wins that's definitely, gonna, definitely going to get to call to the next level. Because my management says I'm ready for the next level, but she wants me to stay in the next level. Like I'm 36, but, uh, 
what's so beautiful about fighting is that you don't have to jump 10 feet in the air or run a 4-240, meaning as you age, like, you know, the age expectancy in fighting is a little bit longer than it would be in the NFL and and, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and that. So, so I got a little bit of time, you know what I mean? But I don't got much time. So it's like, go, 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 go. But, uh, we're, we're trying to stay in Bellator. We're not trying to just have one and done. And I listen to my manager, like I said, NCMGT, she, 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 Miss Nicole's been good to me. And, uh, she told me straight on my last fight. She's like, you're getting better. And, you know, I, I got 20 some fights in, and then this girl's telling me how, you know, how it is. And I love her for that. She's like, we're almost there, but we're not there yet. I could get you there, but you're not going to stay. And she's, she kept that shit real with me. So she wants me to get better. So I'm going to get better. So no, that's, 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 that's all. Good. It's nice that I can clearly see you've got a, a trustworthy network around Absolutely. you and behind you. That, that is good because I'm like, I, yes, I one thing I've seen in this sport is that when people, especially managers and agents, when they see that maybe this person isn't, getting the wins, they're not entertaining or they don't have the popularity, they're not drawing in that value or so of popularity themselves, they kind of cut ties and wash their hands with them and I've seen her stories about that happening, I hate it I absolutely hate it completely. Well, even more than that, even more than that, like I love my manager, like a lot of other managers I'm not going to put no names on them but they would want to hurry a guy like me to the big show because that means more money for them you know yeah, what I mean, because yeah, yeah. bigger pay, she's not like that, she could give a shit less about obviously it's it's, it's money motivated for some, but this is a passion for her. Like she could easily just throw me to the next level and get a payday, but she ain't trying to do that. She, she's like, let's take a process. Let's, let's, let's build you up from the ground level. And I really respect her for that. Miss Nicole, you, you, you're awesome. And, uh, I really respect her for that because she really does care about her fire. We're, we're, we're a small group. There's only like 15 or 20 of us, but I think 60% of us are in the big league and, uh, we're mighty, man. So, so, you know, so, uh, and CMGT is a, is a stud management and I'm proud to be a label. Of them, so nice. This Nicole, you, you you've spoken really positively and passionately about her. Um, she has on Instagram as well. Yes, um, NCMGT uh, Nicole, or it's it's NCMGT fighter, um, mm-hmm. common spelling NCMGT. And uh, if you look her up on Instagram, she, she, she she's she's amazing, man. She uh she really cares about her fighter. She like mama bear, and uh, she she's a matchmaker. She was like matchmaker of the year a couple of years, and she went into managing and. Uh, we got a stud team behind us, and uh, like I said, she took a chance on me two years ago, and I've been undefeated since. And I just started listening to the process, and just the vibe she gives, like it's not like money, money, money. Like she just she she she's special, and she's gonna she's gonna be in in the game for a long time. So I rep NCMG to the fullest, and uh, you know, even right now I got I got a shirt on. You know, what I mean, I love this girl. Good, so like, good. Man, like, that's, that's, she, she, like I said, she took a chance on me. So shout out mm-hmm. to Mr. Cole and everybody at Reds and everything else. So. Good. No, that, that, that's great. Sorry. I, for some, for some reason, I get so tongue twisted while I'm speaking. Uh, Sorry, man. This. Um, so you mentioned, um, about cutting weights. Um, now I've heard some things about, um, uh, certain things that have happened too fast. And I've seen certain things have happened, you know, live in the weigh-ins for the UFC Bellaston for one championship. And I've seen some fighters when they're standing on the scale at the weigh-in, they will literally, they will actually faint after yep. cutting so much weight. I've heard some stories of uh, fighters lost so much weight for a fight that, they, that, that so much mass has been, left, has been taken out from their body that uh, even their brain, they, they can yep. feel it just a slight rasp. You've heard of stories like that before. Yeah, that, that, the fluid of the brain. Yeah, that, that happened to me once. First of all, that's, that's a horrible weight cut because yeah. if you have a weight cut like that, you know, I got almost 70 fights in amateur and pro. And, uh, if you have a weight cut like that, 
it doesn't really matter what you did in training camp because your condition is going to be shit. Um, what I mean by that is like, you got 24 hours to replenish your body, rehydrate. And when you're that low on uh, hydration, it, it, it's tough to, uh, replenish in 24 hours as it is because we're not allowed to use IVs anymore. Back in the day, we could use IVs. That's like double time hydration. You know, you plug an IV and you're over with, but, uh, I fought twice 185 and I'm a big boy. You know what I mean? And, uh, I remember my, my, my motto used to be stop eating Monday, stop drinking Wednesday and then cut the rest of the weight, which was a horrible way to cut weight. Mm. And, uh, what I do is just sit in the sauna and drop like 20, 30 pounds of water to the point where I'm on the way to the scale and I'm dry heaving and all the water is out of my eyes. My brain feels like, like near death. It's like a near death experience. You're so dehydrated that you can barely get on the scale. And then after you get off the scale, you can't even chug water because if you chug water, you're throwing it all up because your body can't react. It's, it's just a horrible next day. It's, it's like crap. So me personally, I like to stay in shape, keep my body fat down and, uh, you know, weigh in the scale. Like there, there, there was a few other fights where I just weighed in at 205. Like this last fight, I was 204. It, it, it was kind of a tougher weight because like I said, I let my weight get away from me, but, uh, um, usually I just walk on a scale. I'm 205, 206. I like to stay nice and lean. Like I'm, I am for this weight camp. So, you know, that's, it's a little better. I feel better than, you know, got like cutting weight sucks, man. Like some say it's, it's, it's three quarters of the battle. You know what I mean? So I understand yeah. where the cutting weight sucks. You say you've done that to the extent that you, like you felt your actual brain within your skull moving around. Yes, sir. The flow strength completely. Not, not, not moving, but like, like, it's just, like I said, I, I, I just, my whole body shut down. Like I said, my, my eyes, all the water were out of my eyes. I couldn't see. It, it was a horrible wake up. And this was at 185 when I fought Whisper Goodman for Combat USA. And, uh, I was just dry heaving on the way to the scale. I couldn't even walk. Like it, it, it was, it was horrible. So, so that's why I don't fight 185. So hats off those guys that won championship UFC that cut all that water. I actually think there's a limit now of how much you can cut to save fighters from. Cause they used to cut so much weight that it, you know, it, 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 sometimes it'd be emergency, you know, situation. And, uh, I think there's only so much you can cut now to save fighters from that because fighters used to do extreme stuff. Now I've heard stories about, you know, old, you know, people cutting like blood, like a bunch of crazy stuff, like losing blood so they can make weight, um, over hydrating themselves and people fainting because you drink too much water. It's like weird. Yeah. Like waterlogging, there used to be this thing called waterlogging where you drink so much water, but then it unbalances you where you'll just pass out and like, it's, it's crazy, man. Or you go into a, a seizure, a seizure. That's what it was. I'm drinking too much water. Yeah, it's crazy. But I, I try to stay away from stuff like that. Yeah. So draining blood from, no, uh, blood. I think nope. that's that you, you really shouldn't do that because the blood carries the nutrients for the body. You know, Absolutely. You really shouldn't do that at all. And these are, I mean, I, yeah. yeah. No, oh, no, I'm just saying these, these are all just extreme cases. Like I've, I've been in the game 13 years, everything like we would, I'm not saying people are do that now, but like, that's just some of the extreme stuff I've heard people making weight. And you know what I mean? I just, you know, it's just, it's just crazy. So now knowing that and even having that experience, firsthand experience of what it's like, it's like to cut weight down to a very, very low, low number. Um, if you had a fight coming up and it was, uh, you saw it was on the table, was low money, as a big name that you're going to be going, um, that you're going to be competing against. Would you go through all of that again? Um, I'm not really money motivated, so if, if, if the fight was there, I, yeah, I'd have to, but I would definitely try to stay away from 185. I don't think I could make 185 anymore. 
You know what I mean? I'm just too big now. You know what I mean? This was when I was early 20s. And before that, the first time, the last time I was at 185 was like the eighth grade year. You know what I mean? So there was a span of like, you know, but uh, yeah, 185 might be off the table unless I, I hire a nutritionist. But by myself, it would be a tough card because it's tough enough, you know, to get down to 205 right now because I'm such a big guy. You know what I mean? I walk around 240. So, you know, get down to 206 is, is, is this, to get down to 206 the right way where you're lean and stuff is tough. You know what I mean? But uh, I do it. So, and I feel the best at 205. Heavyweight, I, I fought a couple of heavyweight shows. I'm number one in heavyweight, but heavyweight was just because nobody else would fight me at 205, so I'd have to take a heavyweight fight. So I like 205. That's where I feel the best at. And uh, hopefully when I get to the next level, that's where I stay because, let's be honest, nobody wants to fight a guy to cut that cuts to 265 that's, you know, 6'11", you know. You see some of those big boys in the UFC, I'm trying to fight those big ass dudes. <laughs> um, you know, the state of the mixed martial arts scene, in fact, the combat sports scene, uh, scene uh, well, let's um, kind of like stay a bit close to uh, mixed martial arts. Um, there's quite a few things going on at the moment. There's the Kane Velasquez situation with his daughter. Yeah. That he, yeah. Um, then there's a situation that's happened again, supposedly, I think so far what I've seen uh, between Kobe Covington and Huey Marvidal after they fought. And also there's the situation, well, it's been an ongoing situation now for more than a year. The Jake Paul and Logan Paul um, uh, yeah. situation that's going on. Um, I, I try not to talk about the about the um, Paul brothers. I really, really do. Um, but sometimes, even now, it seems to be um, it seems to be almost impossible because of um, people are talking about them. People are talking about them, and um, uh, even Dana Wise. I think from what I could see uh, in a few posts today. He uh, said, "Was it? He? It was said that he had made Jake Paul an offer or so for some to fight." Really? Yeah, I didn't see that. I'm gonna go check that out. I know Eagle FC. Uh, uh, I know Eagle FC made him an offer. Was it Jake Paul or was it his brother? Probably that I they think made him maybe, an offer. I don't know, but I think maybe it might be Jake Paul. Jake Paul's the one who's making the most noise about to the yeah, UFC. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's hard and so on. I know I seen something with his brother. Like I don't like to speak on both of them because I feel like they didn't put in the work. But the the, the, the same one thing. I think his brother Logan. He was on a podcast. Dana White's on a podcast, and he didn't he didn't say no. I know he didn't say no to him fighting because I know he's got a wrestling background from Iowa or or Ohio. I think he's from. But uh, yeah, the Cain Velasquez situation. I don't really want to speak on. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, of course. Yeah. Politics, but as as a male, I I I don't blame him. I mean, like, I, I, I wish he was a little smarter with it. And, uh, I wish he would have been like, you know, got his bearings and, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not mad for what he did. I'm just, I know it sounds messed up. I'm kind of just mad he got caught, if that makes sense, because yeah. he's such a good dude. You know what I mean? Like that guy, like the, the, the justice system let him down and I don't really want to speak on it, but, uh, I support Cain Velasquez. So, um, but uh, on the Masvidal Kobe situation, and there was just so much said back and forth between Kobe and Masvidal. I'm a huge Masvidal fan. I'm a huge Masvidal fan, and the way Kobe portrays himself, it was just a matter of time before somebody fought him. And like, yeah, everybody's like he snaked them and shit, or whatever, making it all look like he snaked them and stuff. Man, that's a street fight, man. That's how that stuff is. Like. I, I, I can't see Masvidal just going up, running up behind him and just laying him out like that. Like, I just don't see it in him because he's such a stud. But don't say nothing about this kid's kid. I mean, 
Kobe was saying stuff about his kids, something about sleeping on his wife's couch. And, oh, this is for Marissa. And, and you cannot not say that stuff to some people because some people will act out like, like he did. So, um, I do not agree with Kobe bringing the cops into this situation, regardless if, if Dane County in Florida was going to pick it up, regardless, he could have been like, no, I don't want to press charges. That would have been the real thing to do because bro, you got all that, you talking all that, that stuff, you know, like, yeah, you got 25 minutes to fight. People are like, oh, he had 25 minutes to do something. And dude's a wrestler. Masvidal really wanted to put his hands on this guy, but you know, as a fighter, when you go against a top wrestler, you really can't do nothing. Wrestling skills aren't there, so I can see why he was so he was so upset still after. And uh, I just wish Kobe wouldn't have got the police involved, or you know, I know the police were called and stuff. It wasn't the best way. Like you're a great fighter, but as a man, you suck pretty much. So that's where I'm at with that. You are. The time limit has, uh, has appeared on my end of the Zoom chat, so can we reconnect? Yeah, 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 yeah that's fine. Sure. Yeah, that's fine. Does he have me background? No, that's fine. Okay. So you were saying about Kobe Covington. Um, but the thing is, wasn't Kobe Covington before, way, way before all of this, wasn't he the sort of guy that, okay, was nice and pleasant and fought, and he fought well in the UFC, but I think, he had a serious conversation with Dana White. Dana White said, "Look, you won't change your just your image and just how you are. Uh, we're going to call you from the UFC." I think almost immediately, immediately after that, uh, his whole demeanor just changed. Became fresh mouthed and rude and annoying and cheeky. You know, so the stuff that happened with him and Jorge, how do you know that he's not pretending? That's that's if he is, that's a dangerous game to be pretending. Mm-hmm. That's that's a dangerous fire. Uh, I, I, I think the whole situation went more like he was on a seven fight win streak. He was boring as hell because he always wrestled everybody. And then he fought in Brazil. And I, I guess Dan Lambert from America Top Team, shout out to those guys said, look, regardless if you win or lose, you're getting cut by the UFC. And then I guess he made like a drastic thing. Like then he said whatever he did after he, he fought Damian Maya, wrestled him, put, put the hands on him and then was like, Oh, you filthy animals, da, 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 da. And then he did his like little skit thing and it, it worked for him. But as a man, I, I don't care. The money's not worth it, man. I'm always going to stay true to who I am. And, uh, man, he's just so fake that, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just not the way I do things. You know what I mean? Like shout out to him. If money, if money's what motivates him to do stuff like that, then, but at the end of the day, I can't see him, you know, laying his head down and being satisfied, you know. Uh, he says he doesn't care what people think about him, but come on, man. As humans, we all do to a certain extent. Uh, yeah, it's, course, not, it's yeah. just not the way men do stuff. And uh, I'm a man, so I don't, you know, I just wish uh, Kobe would have knocked his ass out, but <laughs> it didn't work out that way. So, Or I wish his way, excuse me, Jorge would have knocked, ah, of course, knocked yeah. his ass out, but it didn't work out. Yeah. Now, again, I try not to talk about these guys because they – I initially, even before they came onto the boxing scene, combat sporting scene, the Paul brothers, I did find them annoying, especially Jake. But as a veteran, uh, uh, mixed martial arts athlete, um, as is, um, yourself, would you, could you take someone like Jake Paul seriously? I mean, I've always said to, to the other people I talked to about the sports, MMA and boxing, until someone like Jake Paul and even his brother, takes on in a competitive professional stance at a professional boxing match until they fought someone who is a professional boxer I can't really take them seriously and I, I don't know where to put them I, you know whether this, they're just taking this as a 
taking this thing as a joke or whether they're actually being serious about this boxing career thing because they haven't really fought any professional boxers, have they? Yeah, I mean, I think as I, if, if I don't want to speak for the MMA community, but, or the boxing community, mm-hmm. but, uh, I think the big, big factor is, is that they think they can just jump in and leap over all these young guys or older guys or vets that put in all the hard work. He, you know, people, are, you know, people are kind of bitter because that, because he's trying to bully his way in, in, in a sense. And, uh, I, I, I truly think if, 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 if he just were to put his nose down, put the work in and let it develop through years and like put his work into the sport, people would have, you know, been, been, had, had their hands all a little bit more, but the way he's going at it, I mean, again, it's making him money and yeah, it's cool for the sport, but I feel like he's not even money motivated now. He's more, I want to get everybody's respect because he's always talking about respect. Nobody respects me. Nobody respects me. Well, if you're looking for respect, son, that's not the way to get it. You know what I mean? You don't never demand that shit. That shit's given. And, uh, somebody needs, somebody really needs to pull him to the side, cuff him and show him, you know, how to be a man. And I think people respect him a lot more. So that's all I really got to say about those guys. You know, I, I don't got no beef with them. I don't got nothing bad to say about them, but, uh, just, no, just, I, just, just put, the, just put the work in. You know what I mean? And people respect yeah. you if that's what you're looking for. Put the work in. You know what I mean? Shut up. Put Absolutely. the work in. Absolutely, I agree with everything you said. I'm, I'm like you. Um, put the work in, and what I just, personally what I can't stand is that they don't have that background or experience. They've not started from the ground up. I mean, they may have the name fairly. They're famous for something for for doing these prank videos and being Disney acts and so on. But when it comes to the sport they want to break into and be fully respected in that niche, they've not started from the ground up like everybody else. I mean, even Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, um, Anthony Joshua, all of the big names in the sport, whether they're retired or whether they're still actively competing, even they had to start from the ground up and work their way up to the top and earn the, the, um, the, earn the fame, earn the success, you know. So, you know, again, like I said before, until they fought someone who is a professional boxer, a professional, you know, um, combat sporting athlete, that is when I was, will, you know, have some, uh, that's, that's when I can decide whether or not to take them seriously or not. You know? Correct. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. I'm on the same page. So, uh, so listen, um, you said you're still, tr- you're still working on your next fight. You're still, I'm trying to sort that out. Uh, so, um, look, it's a pleasure speaking to you. And uh, before I, before I let you go, is there anyone at all besides Nicole and, um, your management agency or even your gym? Is there anyone? who you want to give a shout out to any sponsors yeah absolutely thank you for that um yeah we all know miss nicole ncmgt everybody at reg coach b timmy good luck this weekend brandon everybody freeze uh uh everybody at uh coach reg that's competing this week um kimmy at ice blogs thank you for the sponsorship mickey mickey uh thank you for uh the sponsorship um, man, I got so many sponsors. CBD department, you guys, thank you so much for the sponsorship. You guys have been really good to me. Um, mostly MMA, uh, calf kick sports, mom's basement, my boy over at mom's basement, man. I love him. Um, thank you for the sponsorship. Thank you for this platform. You, you yeah. too, my man, you, you did amazing job, man. I wish <laughs> you nothing you. but luck in the future. Um, you talk fluently, uh, you're, you're really easy to flow with. So, there's a bright future for you, and uh, hopefully after a couple more wins, I can come sit back down with you, and we can uh, talk about, hopefully with me beginning in the big league, I'll be your first one to make it to the big league. You know what I mean? Of course, so, uh, definitely, definitely. I, re- I really appreciate you taking this time and letting me let me talk, and let me uh, always got time for uh, well-spoken gentlemen like you. So, 
Thank you very much. Look, uh, I will leave, we will leave your, um, all your social media, um, your social media links, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever will be left, not just for you, but also for your gym as well in the, um, description section below. Thank you so much. Yeah, definitely. Look, thank you so much and good luck in your next fight. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank, thank you. you, sir. Take care. See ya.